So good to be with you guys, six, seven, eight. Who's happy to be here on a Saturday night? Come on. Come on. Good to be with you guys. There is, there is nothing I would rather do on a Saturday night than be with my six, seven, eight family, worshiping God together. Amen? Amen. So good to be with you guys. Well, um, welcome, welcome, everyone. My name is Levi. I'm one of the pastors on the team here. And I just want to say again, if this is your first time at 678, I'm thrilled that you're here. Thanks for coming to this place and seeing what we're all about. I hope you're having a good night so far. I just want to let you know what we're about to do. We're going to do something that we do every single week at 678. And what we're going to do is we're going to come to God's word, to the Bible. And I want to tell you why we're going to do that. It's because here at 678, we're not just like a, a club that hangs out and we're kind of just like fans of Jesus. Here at 678, we believe in a living God, and we believe the living God has shown himself to us through the scriptures, through his word. And so when we come to his word, we're not just coming to an ancient historical document, we're coming to God himself. We're opening up our hearts for him to speak to us, to guide us, to comfort us, to strengthen us. Amen? Amen. So that's what we're going to do tonight right now. As we, as we get into that, I want to ask a question. Have you guys ever decided that you're going to do something that's going to help you grow in some way? Whether that's like a specific workout plan that you're going to do or like a diet that's going to help you for like your sport or maybe like a certain like training regimen for uh, your sports or music. Anyone ever done something like that? I have. I went through a phase where I was researching a lot about high intensity interval training. You heard of this? Some, it's H-I-I-T. Some people call it HIT workouts, right? And I was very intrigued by high-intensity interval training, right? The whole premise is that you work really, really hard, have a short interval of rest. Then you work really, really hard, have a short interval of rest. And you're keeping your heart rate raised the whole time. It's great for your cardiovascular system, your muscular system. It's, it yields wonderful results. And so I was, like, watching all these videos, like, yeah, yeah, I'm into this. I'm, I'm, I'm all about this workout system, right? And I was learning about, like, all these different, like, jump, jump rope workouts, these plyometric workouts. And I'm like, yeah. And I learned so much about how this works. You want to know what I didn't do? Work out. <laughs> I could tell you lots of different, great, high-intensity interval training workouts that you could do. And I myself did one or two of them, right? But I went through this intense phase of learning a lot, but not doing a lot. And, and guess what that resulted in my physical fitness? Not a lot, <laughs> right? Because I may have learned a lot, but because I didn't do very much, it didn't lead to much transformation. And so that's the question that I want to ask tonight. What leads to transformation? What leads to growth, to change? And I want to tell you that learning is important, but it's not just learning, it's doing. It's putting things into practice. And I wonder if sometimes, if you're anything like me, you can have the same approach that I had to high-intensity interval training. You can have the same approach with how you approach your relationship with God, right? And you're like, man, I'm learning so much about God. I come to 678 every single week, and I, I learn from God's word, you know, and I, and I watch these YouTube videos about God, right? And you learn a lot about God, but maybe you haven't yet stepped into living your life for God, right? What transforms you? What leads to a different life? It's not just learning, but doing. 
I want to read to you from John chapter 14, verse 6. Jesus is talking to his disciples, and he says this. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father, no one can come to heaven, to eternal life, except through me. And if you look at that verse, I wonder if some people totally believe in Jesus the truth, and they know about Jesus the truth, but they don't live Jesus the way, and they're wondering why they're not experiencing Jesus the life. Six, seven, eight. It's not just learning, but it's doing, right? When we come to Jesus and we're saved by him, we don't just get saved. We then live saved. And so we're starting a new series tonight in God's word, and we're just calling it The Way, right? And we're, we're talking about how do we live as people that have been saved by God? And, and I'm sure some of you may then be asking the question, which is a perfectly good question, of like, but hold on, Levi. I thought, like, don't we just follow God so that your sins are forgiven and that you don't go to hell? Right? And that's a good question. That's an important question to answer. And I would say, in part, yes. That's part of what salvation is. But the salvation that God offers is so much bigger than that. And so I just have three points that I want to share with you guys tonight. And this is one of the main points. Number one, God doesn't just change our status. He changes our hearts. What do I mean by that? When you're saved by Jesus, the Bible teaches that we're sinners, that we're separated from God. And when you're saved by Jesus, you're like, your barcode changes, right? Your identity changes. You go from being a sinner to being saved. You go from having your imperfection define you to Jesus' perfection defining you, right? That's the status that's different between you and God. But salvation goes even deeper than that. It doesn't just change your status, it changes your heart. Consider Colossians chapter 3, verse 10. Paul is writing and he says, Put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your creator. And, and what's that? Become like him. Did you know that's the call of the Bible? That the way God saves us is he transforms us to become like him. Did you know that? That we are called to become more and more like God himself in our character and in our action. You see, becoming G like Jesus is the goal, not just getting into heaven. Salvation is not just for your eternal destination. It's for your present transformation, right? Salvation, it's not just about avoiding hell. That's great, and that's a part of it, right? But it's also becoming like Jesus, Think about it this way. You're not just being saved from the penalty of sin, which is being separated from God forever. You're also being saved from the power of sin. And so sin doesn't call the shots in my life anymore. I'm becoming someone different, right? I'm not just someone that has to, like, try really, 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 really hard to not be mean to people, right? Instead, I'm someone who Jesus has saved, and now he's changing my heart so that what comes out of me naturally is kindness. That's why it's called a fruit of the Spirit, right? And so now instead of just trying really, 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 really hard to not be mean, now more and more naturally kindness is what's coming out of me. Instead of trying really, 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 really hard not to lie, now I'm becoming a person who speaks the truth, who is honest. Do you see that, 6, 7, 8? That's so much better than just trying really hard not to sin all the time. 
but God is transforming our hearts. 2 Corinthians 3.18 says, The Lord, who is the Spirit, makes us more and more like him as we are changed into his glorious image. That's what God is doing in your heart and in your life, 6, 7, 8. And so you might hear that and you think, great, I want that. How do we do that, right? Like, what's the process of God transforming, changing our life, right? And here's the second main point. God changes our hearts through his power and through our participation. God's power and our participation. Colossians 1, 28 through 29 says this. We want to present them to God, perfect in their relationship to Christ. That's why I work and struggle so hard. I work and struggle so hard, depending on Christ's mighty power that works within me. The first time I read that verse, I was like, what? Like, you're saying you're, work, you're working really, really hard, and then you're saying that, but it's God that's working really hard. And you, which one is it? The Bible teaches that it's both, that we work really hard. Not so that we can earn closeness with God, but because God has saved us. And so in response to what he has done, we give all of our lives. But the secret is now we have God's power working inside of us, right? So 6, 7, 8, I want to assure you, God is doing the work. What does that mean? You can have assurance that God is saving you and God's transforming you. But if you only think about how God is doing the work, you have assurance, but the danger is you might become lazy, because that's something God's doing, right? God will take care of that. I don't need to worry about it. But the, on the other side, you could swing to uh, that I'm the one doing the work, right? And, and, if you, and if you're focusing on the participation of it, that's going to make you really motivated, right? Because I want to grow in Christ. I want to become like God. But if you only focus on that, you'll be really motivated and you'll be really anxious. Have I, have I transformed into like God enough? Am I doing it fast enough? Is, is God pleased with me, right? And so six, seven, eight, it's both, right? God is working in us and we join him in that work. We believe God is transforming us so that we can have that assurance, but also we're participating in it. So we have a holy fire in our hearts that's motivating us. Yes, I want that and I'm gonna give all of my life to it. Philippians 2, 12 through 13 says this, work hard to show the results of your salvation, obeying God with deep reverence and fear. Another translation says, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. Six, seven, eight, it's through God's power and your participation. So then really the last question I have is, okay, then what does my participation look like? How, how do I participate in a way that God's power works in my life and transforms me, right? So here's the third and final point. The way we participate is by living his way, Jesus's way. You, you know, if you read the Bible in the New Testament, Jesus's followers were called disciples. And that's a great way to translate that word. Another way you could translate that word is that they were his students, his apprentices, his padawans, right? Like literally, that's the picture. Do you know why the disciples literally followed Jesus everywhere? It's so that they could spend their whole lives watching the way he did his life. And like, oh, you responded to that by saying that. Okay, I'm going to say that. Oh, you spend your time doing this. Okay, I'm going to spend my time doing this. They followed him 
so that they could become like him, to act the way he did, to grow Jesus' instincts, Jesus' muscle memory, so that when hard times come, your reflex is to do what Jesus would do. That's what it means to be a disciple, to follow Jesus so closely, doing the things he did, so that his way of doing things becomes my way of doing things. Discipleship is the process of identity transformation, of us becoming more and more like Jesus. And so to grow that instinct, we practice the way of Jesus. Matthew eleven twenty eight and 29 says this. Then Jesus said, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Listen to this. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. That, that when it says, take my yoke upon you, a yoke is like this huge wooden thing that would go over the necks of two oxen. So that when they plowed a field, it would like, they would move together and like plow the field correctly. So what Jesus is saying, he's like, come on, homie, you and me in this yoke, right? And he's saying, come attach yourself to me so that as I walk, because you're attached to me, you're learning to live the way that I live. You're learning to think the way that I think, to act the way that I act. Jesus says, come, take the things that I do, you do them too. And it will transform you by my power and your participation. And so what are these practices? What are these things that Jesus did? Historically, they've been called spiritual disciplines. But if that term sounds really big and scary to you, don't worry about it. Just think about, it like, these are Jesus' habits, right? These are Jesus' habits, and they're going to be my habits too, right? And they are simple practices that help us to actually experience God and access his presence and power. And so, listen, 6, 7, 8, Jesus spent time in solitude, meditating on God's word and praying. So 6, 7, 8, we're going to do that. And we're going to be transformed to be more and more like Jesus as we do. Jesus gathered with others to worship and pray like we are right now. We're going to keep doing that. And as we do that, God's going to transform us to become more and more like him. Jesus celebrated and gave thanks to God. So we're going to do that. And he's going to transform us to become like him as we do. Jesus served and submitted himself to God, even to the point of death. And 6, 7, 8. We're going to do that together too. And as we do that, God is going to transform us to look more and more like him. As we do these things, he will transform our hearts. Six, seven, eight, we're all on a path. We're all going somewhere. And listen, your way doesn't just determine where you go. It determines who you become. So six, seven, eight, don't just choose any way. Choose Jesus' way. And as you do that, you will become more and more like him. Don't be a person that just gets saved but doesn't live saved, right? The way is not just a moment in your life. It's the beginning of a new life. And so the rest of this series, the weeks after this, they're going to be about specific practices, habits of Jesus that we will take up so that we can experience his power and transforming love in our lives. You want to know a fun fact? Before Christianity was called Christianity, you know what it was called? The way. People, people called followers of Jesus followers of the way. 
Why did they call it that? Because it was simply depending on Jesus as Savior and following him as king. And that's what we're going to do together, 6, 7, 8. We're going to completely trust in Jesus for salvation. And we're going to go all out in following him as our king, taking up his habits, making them our own, and as we participate, watching his power transform our hearts. Amen? I want to pray for us to close, and then we'll do the next thing. And so, God, I just thank you for your word that instructs us and teaches us and helps us walk more and more closely with you. And Lord, for those of us that already love you, God, I pray that you would just give us a greater desire and hunger to walk with you, to follow you with our lives. And for those of you that are here and maybe you haven't decided to follow Jesus yet, I just want to give you an opportunity to make that decision right now. Maybe you're hearing about this God who loves you and died to save you even when you were rebelling against him. And if there's a God that good, then I want to follow him. And if that's you, I just want in your own heart, in your own mind, just pray this prayer after me. Jesus, I believe that you died to save my sin, that you were to save me from my sin, that you were the perfect sacrifice. I trust you as Savior. And God, I believe that you rose from the dead, conquering death, leading into new life. And Jesus, I choose to follow you as king. And if you prayed that prayer, you're now part of the family of God. And so I just invite you to come tell me, one of the other leaders, we want to celebrate with you. But God, for all of us, would you help us love you and follow you with all of our hearts? In Jesus' name, amen.